0: Supply Chain Bust with Sunburst, Interview with Marco Ayala, Cybersecurity Expert, where we discuss several different topics from his humble beginnings in industrial control systems security, USB drive in ICS environment, and International Society of Automation and their certification and training. Hello and welcome to Simplified Security, episode number three. I am your host, Turgesh, and today is December 21st, 2020, coming to you straight from Houston, Texas. Happy holidays. Christmas is right around the corner, and a new year is about to begin. This episode is a special one for a couple of reasons. One, it is the last one for this year, so I will make it a little special. And secondly, I have a guest. So this is my first episode with an interview, so keep listening. This episode and future episodes are available in video and audio formats. For more information, go to icsbits.com simplified. The interview with my special guest lasted for about 45 minutes, so I cut and pieced together really important parts in this podcast. I believe anyone who is getting started in cybersecurity, or if you like to learn more about industrial control system security, you will find this discussion very valuable. For a full interview, check out my YouTube channel. Link is in the description. Before we get into the interview, let's see what happened in the last 14 days. I have just one word for you Supply chain attack. You may have heard about the recent attacks on various companies and SolarWinds was right in the middle of it. So I am going to spend a little time on the substantial sizable attack affecting hundreds of companies. SolarWinds was the victim of a cyber attack to their systems that inserted a vulnerability sunburst within their Orion platform software builds for versions hotfix 5, 2020.2 with no hotfix installed, and 2020.2 with hotfix 1, which, if present and activated, could potentially allow an attacker to compromise the server on which the Orion products run. Many of the SolarWinds products are built on this common technology platform. The SolarWinds Orion, which enables an organization, their customers, to implement their various products, whether individually or as a group. This makes it possible for customers to have a single management uh, console or a dashboard for their products they have implemented. While there are certain SolarWinds products that do not leverage this platform, their security advisory shows about 18 products. Some of which include IP address manager, log analyzer, network automation manager, network configuration manager, network performance monitor, etc. For a full list of affected products, check the link in the description. SolarWinds confirmed as part of their mitigation, they have removed the affected builds of the software. They recommend their customers to upgrade to hotfixes versions of their builds. Also note, not all versions are affected. So if your organization leverages SolarWinds for monitoring, I highly recommend only upgrade if necessary. In a supply chain attack, malicious code is inserted into otherwise legitimate software updates. And in the case of SolarWinds, thousands of customers downloaded these affected builds of the software and then acquired the vulnerability. So here is the big deal. This has affected about 95% of the Fortune 500 companies, government organizations such as State Department, Homeland Security, Department of Energy, Nuclear Security Administration, big players in security such as FireEye, Microsoft, and there are more. Microsoft said about 80% of the attacks that it logged were based in the US. While it certainly seems like the US was the target of this attack, big businesses around the world are probably on high alert. So who is behind this attack and what are they after? There are numerous signs that this is a state-sponsored attack and NSA recently put out a cybersecurity advisory related to VMware vulnerability that was being exploited, particularly the VMware Access and VMware Identity Management products. In that, NSA stated, Russian state-sponsored malicious cyber actors are exploiting a vulnerability in VMware Access and VMware Identity Manager products, allowing the actors access to protected data and abuse federated authentication as this hack is still an ongoing investigation and CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, does not attribute the attacks to a nation state. The level of focus and resourcing implies a nation state actor. Media reports point to Russia as the culprit, but no verification for that attribution has been provided at this point. The bad actors are behind valuable data In case of FireEye, they were behind the tools that FireEye used for their cybersecurity practice. In case of the government agencies, it is the valuable information that is otherwise highly sensitive, confidential, or secret. Anything and everything that is valuable, which can be used to further disrupt businesses, government organizations, and cause distrust, seems to be their goal. Microsoft and FireEye are continuing to investigate the solar wind hack, which they call SolariGate and Sunburst Backdoor, respectively. For more information, check out Microsoft's and FireEye's security blogs. Links are in the description. Today's guest is Marco Ayala. He's a process automation professional with over 25 years of experience working in petrochemical facilities, where he designed, engineered, and maintained process automation, safety systems, and integrated networks. He has expertise with safety systems, advanced process control, enterprise historians, and industrial network security, where he worked with enterprise IT to implement a corporate PCN, process control network solution. Marco is active in oil and gas, chemicals industry, maritime domain, including offshore facilities. His passion is security efforts, including cyber security and working along asset owners, federal, local and state entities in the endeavor and obligation to protect critical infrastructure and national assets. Mr. Ayala is a certified cyber instructor for ISA, International Society of Automation. He's also a member contributor of AMSE Gulf of Mexico Area Maritime Security Cyber Panel. Infraguard member, Chief of Maritime Cross Sector Council for Ports and Terminals. For the full interview, you can check out the YouTube video. Link is in the description. For this podcast to adhere to the short format, I'm playing a piece where we discuss the USB drives in the industrial control system environment and what options are available to continue using them or is it time for us to stop using them in the ICS area? Let's take a listen. Uh,
1: We've we've kind of talked about this before in our previous engagements. so one of the pet peeves I have with the security is the use of USBs. Now, I have used USBs and I continue to use them on, on certain levels, but definitely not, maybe not on our safety systems, but we still have the need uh, for USBs. So what do you tell folks who say USBs can't go away? Is there an alternate for that or you think we should use USBs, but with certain things in mind?
2: There, there are definitely options and I, I I know of some some critical asset owners that that uh, have uh, have done a couple of things uh, some asset owners that have utilized removing all USB usage um, completely and uh, and using network uh, secure network drop drops for uh, being able to get applications and and also to send their their backups and and data uh, to where IT is involved from a security standpoint, um, and then I've also seen companies that use um, uh, that have created very good, very strong uh, USB portable media uh, documents, uh, document you know procedures, and and uh, and I can tell you that those those seem to work. One of the one of the big parts with portable media is um, is making sure that you know what portable media you have what portable portable media exists that is in your usage and documenting those and having a good plan in place and uh, and also being able to scan the USBs uh, without infecting your system because we've I I've, I've been out on facilities offshore where we've taken a pristine brand new stick that that even the the client you know supplied and you know went through it Completely wiped it, and uh, and we were able to go out to the the system, the control system, put it into the system, be able to get the files that we needed for our for our assessment, and then going back to to rescan that same stick uh, within the system from the IT side, the security side, found that the system already had viruses. So it's a two way street, crazy. So yes. It is crazy. So what I've seen work is that uh, we have I have customers that um, have deployed purchased secured uh, FIps 140 -2 uh, dash, uh, dash I believe uh, secure okay. sticks uh-huh. and so and they're serialized and so they've got serial numbers on them so in their policies and procedures they they specifically state you'll these sticks never leave the facility they never leave leave the site when you're going to do a backup or use this portable media you when you go into the control room you need to log the your name you know the date the time and you have to also write down the stick number, the serial number being used. So okay. you have some trace and they digitize that. So when you go into a work order, the work order already specifies Actually, this what up. what serial number is used uh, yes. and, uh, and the, the files that were transferred, how they were uh, scanned in and out and, you know, in, in timestamp. So, OK, because portable media is, is very difficult to to wean from. But. Who uses the portable media? How it's used and how it's contained is very, very, very important. Okay. And uh, and there are some vendors that have come out with some very unique tools.
1: Uh, I know. I was going to ask you about that. Um, so I guess that was my next question: was you know, are there any good solutions out there that if somebody wanted to try, whether it is um, I don't know what they call it now, but I know Symantec or a company mm-hmm. uh, probably changed their name now.
2: So there, there are many solutions out there. Uh, some of the, the larger refineries and chemical plants that uh, that I've seen use uh, vendor solutions. Uh, so for example, Honeywell has got a, a nice solution that is uh, out off of the uh, process control network. Uh, it's not there. So what they utilize that machine for is just to scan USB before usage and after usage. Okay. So. And that that machine actually, for example, stays up to date, stays patched, and um, and usually resides uh, DMZ or below.
1: Uh, but again, I'm not. I'm guessing on the it has a direct connection to the internet. It has all the engines of uh, uh, you know it wireless can. definitions or, it, it or can. does it go to the cloud?
2: No. So yes and no, it depends on the scenario. But what I've seen has has worked. Is they keep the system up to date on frequent uh, updates and patches. Okay. And so what they'll do is they'll they'll open up the connection, be able to grab the updates, uh, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, and then be able to utilize that disconnecting from the internet or disconnecting from through the the corporate domain to get an outbound connection. So it just uh, it, it depends on the on uh, who's using it and how they have it set up.
0: I really hope you enjoyed the new segment and please check out the full interview on YouTube in which we explore Mark's story on how he got started. We also discuss the OT security culture and also the full piece on USB drive usage in OT environments. He also talks about ISA, International Society of Automation, and the training they offer together with certifications, which will upgrade your knowledge and skills to take over cybersecurity ambitions. That's it for today's episode. Please provide me your feedback by reaching out on my Twitter at Durgesh All the links to anything I have discussed in this episode is in the descriptions of this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Simplified Security episodes available as podcast and on YouTube. Go to ICSBits.com simplified for more details. I am your host, Durgesh Karya. Catch me on my next episode on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Until then, be safe and think before you click.